In my last video on this topic, I went over in great detail the number of pedophiles that are being arrested who are educators, and in particular the ones who have been known to be advocates for the LGBTQ kids in their schools. And if you haven't seen that video, you should definitely watch it as well. I will put it in the cards at the end of this video and link it in the description on my other mediums. And while them being pedophiles alone was important, it was also important to note how many of them were also advocating for more LGBTQ curricula in schools to be introduced at younger and younger ages. And now I'm going to be going into even more information that has recently come to light on the kinds of people who write these curriculums and what their real beliefs are. In my last episode, I went over the arguments of Alden Binag, an educator, meaning substitute teacher in Hawaii, who was recently arrested and admitted to having sex with a 13-year-old boy who was one of his students. He was recording these activities and sharing them with other pedophile teachers. Here you can see he's making a very common argument, specifically to suggest that basic sexual, you know, sex ed is not in any way grooming. The pedophile teacher also made more arguments that you read all over the place when the left discusses this issue, um, suggesting that, you know, if you want people to be ignorant about sex, it's because you're a pedophile. Uh, that's a really common thing, or to suggest that somehow conservatives are projecting and that the, actually the real problem is, is that conservatives are the pedophiles, you know, but the idea is, is that they're trying to suggest that they're trying to protect children with this kind of education. This one was more recent, so it didn't get included in my previous video, but this is an Ann Arbor kindergarten teacher responding to libs of TikTok, revealing this video of a drag queen show wherein the drag queen was with fully naked breasts leading around a little girl who looks to be about five to six years old and defending the idea that children should be involved in this kind of sexuality. But that brings me around to the main topic of this particular story. Sex Education Can Stop Abuse by Heather Karina. Heather Karina is an open advocate for sex education. She helps design sex education curriculums in schools. And in this article, she gives all the same arguments that we will protect children by giving them knowledge about consent and their own bodies. I will make this article uh, available to you in the description. But suffice it to say, when you dig deeper, you find out that Heather Karina, just like many of these other advocates for this particular type of sexual education, have nefarious intentions. On Heather's website, which I will make available, again, in a link in the description to this video, uh, you will find a lot of credits as far as her writing, including a book that is being, well, attempted anyway, to be thrust into the curriculums of schools around the country. The left-leaning Washington Post reported on this issue, obviously um, in a manner in which to ridicule anybody who opposed it, but... Uh, they also mentioned the fact that this book was being introduced to, as curriculum, and thankfully parents were able to stop it. They named the book here, and I will provide a link to this article in the description. Miss Karina or Karina also is engaged in teaching people how to open these teen talking circles. And they offer, you know, it says, creating safe spaces for youth to tell the truth and be heard. You know, our mission is to educate, inspire, and empower youth, foster partnerships between the genders, generations, and cultures, and support young people in positive self-expression uh, self and social action for a just, compassionate, and sustainable world. They offer training. 
and there you see Ms. Corinna right there, um, you know, in how to facilitate these groups, you know, for the purposes of teenagers supposedly talking and telling the truth, et cetera, et cetera. But as I mentioned previously in the other video, there have been these conferences where they get teachers together to tell them how to open these LGBTQ clubs in their schools. And I get what they like that there are going to be some people involved in this who think that they have the best of intentions. But now we're going to get into the heart of the reason why I did this video, which is a very damning article that you can only find on the Wayback Machine that really exposes how Miss Karina really feels. Here on her website, one of the uh, magazines and websites that she had contributed to was called Scarlet Letters, and that's where the article I'm about to show you comes from. The article that you can now only access by use of the web archives or the Wayback Machine was called Rage of Consent, How Our Love-Hate Relationship with Youth Sexuality and Abuse Hysteria is Endangering Our Culture. I'm going to go ahead and go over some specific quotes from this article. It's actually very long. I mean, it almost like it's you, she very clearly had a lot she wanted to say on this topic and a great deal of it. I mean, there's just no context in which you could make it any better. But for those who will inevitably accuse me of taking her out of context, I will provide the link to the full article in the description of this video. Over the last hundred years, puberty has steadily begun earlier, yet we have legally and culturally extended the age of childhood later and later. Hypersexualized imagery of young adults and teens is increasingly more pervasive and overt, not just in pornography, but in mainstream advertising. As I underline here, meanwhile, we criminalize and make taboo adult-teen sexual interchanges and relationships more and more. Many think of such relationships as child sexual abuse and legally they are considered statutory rape, or at the very least contributing to the delinquency of a minor. We now even criminalize peer relationships and interchanges when one of the teens involved is under the legal age of consent, even when the age disparity is only one year. Now, I really want to emphasize what I have you know, underlined here, but this could should basically kind of show you what the rest of this is going to be about. Here's more. To state that a person of any age has no right to make choices regarding their own bodies, as is developmentally appropriate for each individual, is alarming. So, at this point, no age limit, you know, uh, just, just to suggest that anybody of any age, you know, has no right to make choices with their own bodies that might include, say, having sex with an adult, you know, that's oppressive. Anyway, she goes on to say that sentiment in of itself likely puts them in more danger. Remember what we said earlier about um, the convicted pedophile from Hawaii, who was a teacher who literally made this exact same argument, um, and creates far more negative environment for their sexual and emotional relationships than a consensual relationship with an adult or peer could possibly do. So here we go, once again suggesting that children can consent. She went on to detail, uh, I guess, a poll that they did of the people who read the Scarlet Letters, uh, which was her website that was the precursor to Scarletine, that apparently... 40% of the people who read her website, which she brags about how many people are using, uh, were people who had had sex with adults. Now, this is a quote with her basically quoting someone else who had responded to their inquiries. Uh, they identified themselves as dissident, 32 years old, who is attracted primarily to teen women, reminds us that, quote, minor attracted adults of every attraction base have existed throughout human history. 
just like homosexuals and intergendered individuals, and like the latter two, the former were highly regarded in a sex-positive and more socially enlightened societies in the past, particularly as mentors and teachers of youths. Let that sink in for a second. Particularly as mentors and teachers of youths. And also to the suggestion that being minor attracted is just like being homosexual or intergendered. Um, anyway, it was not considered horrible or inappropriate that the great concern for these youths on the part of adults had a sexual element in it in societies that respected youths as intelligent and articulate human beings who did not see sexuality as a negative thing for youths or anyone else and who considered the sexual experiences of youth to be a natural part of their education. I'm going to read that again. Who considered the sexual experiences of youth to be a natural part of their education. The irony here is that our culture may well have created a potent catch-22 by disempowering our youth and hampering them from economic and emotional independence by classifying young adults as children at older and older ages and by rearing them to view adults as superior beings we may do many of these relationships from the start when they might otherwise have been beneficial and create trauma and negativity in them that would not otherwise be there. That's another ongoing theme that you're going to see here is that they're suggesting that really the only reason why these uh, relationships lead to any kind of psychological damage um, you know, in the children that participate in them is just because of the stigma that is put on them. It sounds to me exactly like, you know, the reason, only reason supposedly that trans people kill themselves is because of the stigma, because people are not accepting of them or whatever. Um, but again, this is by far the most chilling quote in the entire article, especially when it comes right back to suggesting, you know, mentors and teachers of youths. So anyway, let's move on. Another quote from the pedophile in question. Our own families are ashamed of us for something that is not only not our fault, but which is not pathological, but perfectly natural. That society does not want to understand us, but simply to pillory us, and that we are used as a political boogeyman to attack the civil rights of everyone, creates a continually difficult and traumatic life for us to bear. Since I am out in real life, I am often subject to snide and cruel remarks behind my back, and my attraction is a large source of ammunition for any person to use against me in any sort of argument as a surefire means of making their status more ethical than my own. For example, if I was berating a neo-Nazi for his racist views, he would likely say to me, well, at least I don't like little girls. I mean, damn, that sucks. You have this thing that people can ad hominem you about if you're trying to call them out as a Nazi. Anyway, it's very hard to live like this, and the many emotional problems that we suffer come after the fact, and not as a result of our attraction base, and this is why suicide and even substance abuse can be common among our minority group. So once again, identifying people who are attracted to minors as, an, as a minority group that somehow needs protection or is being oppressed. And damn it, it makes it so hard for them to call out Nazis. Anyway, the rest of this is actually directly from her. What Dissident says is important to bear in mind, not only for the well-being of such adults, but for the youth they may become involved with, if we tell a youth that the person whom they may love is a pervert or a sociopath because they love them, we send a crucial negative blow to the self-esteem of that youth by telling them that only an adult who is a pervert could possibly cherish them or find them sexually appealing. What the hell? Seriously. So now we can't do this because, again, we have to protect the children. And this excerpt here is from the end of the article. 
If we are concerned about protecting our youths from adults, it might serve us well to be sure to look in the mirror. Yeah, we need to protect them from us, I guess. Before we look beyond our window, it would certainly serve us well to take a good long look at our youth, see how much they have grown and acknowledge, applaud, and nurture that growth so that we've little to no doubt they can soundly make their own informed choices responsibly and as best suit them, and feel comfortable asking for our help and guidance when they want or need it. It would also serve us, and them, best to be sure that the protective measures we do have, either by law or by guideline, are actually protective, not oppressive, and don't cause damage or dangers in and of themselves, which is what our current laws, attitudes, and cultural climate surrounding them are doing to both adults and youths. So, while you drink that in, consider for a moment that, once again, these are the words of an educator. These are the words of somebody whose books are being proposed to be used in curriculums for sexual education across the country. Here's the Amazon entry on her book, which got an awful lot of positive reviews. This parent advocacy group has been doing a bit of an expose on that book. I'll provide this link in the description. I'm not going to click on any of these links because some of them show some pretty graphic stuff. But let's move on. In 2015, she was given an award. Scarletine founder Heather Carina wins 2015 Sexual Health Champion Award. Vancouver's Options for Sexual Health honors sexuality educator and youth advocate. When the popular sex education website Scarletine got off the ground in the dark ages of the late 1990s, its founder and director decided to stop working as a Monteresi kindergarten teacher. That's right, the woman who just wrote the words that I just shared with you was a kindergarten teacher. I thought at the time I was making this big decision between being a teacher and not being a teacher, Heather Karina told the Georgia Strait by phone from Vihan Island, Washington. Then, I think, a couple years into this, the joke was on me, because this is what I do all day. I just have a really big classroom. Next Thursday, February 12th, Karina will be in Vancouver to accept the 2015 Sexual Health Champion Award from Options for Sexual Health the nonprofit formerly known as Planned Parenthood Association of British Columbia, the 44-year-old sexuality and sexual health educator and youth advocate who identifies as queer and uses the pronouns they, will give the keynote speech. Of course she will. So ask yourself for a moment how somebody gets, you know, given an award and the whole time they're basically being revered as a sexual educator and their views include the idea that we should just normalize children and adults having sex, you know, and that somehow that just nobody knew about it. The, the really ironic thing about this is that the article that I just read to you earlier was given to me by somebody during the uh, course of an argument over on this topic. And I just kind of remembered Sun Tzu saying, never interrupt your opponent when they're making a mistake. I'm going to be sharing that article far and wide now, and I would ask you to do the same. Um, but this is some excerpts from Scarletine. As you can see, it's all just kind of packaged to look like kid-friendly, you know, school curriculum uh, material. And it's not, you know. And what really bothers me about this is that I'm not even opposed to sex ed. I do believe that parents should have a good, you know, communicating relationship with their children on the topic. I just don't trust other adults to get involved. And I think there's actually a reason, um, as I'm doing more research on this, that is why they want to get access to our kids, 
without our presence as young as possible on these topics. In my next video on this topic, I'm going to talk about imprinting and more specifically the work of John Money. John Money was mentioned in Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? as being one of the founders of like the modern gender identity theories. He also believed that children were imprinted at a very young age um, in such a way that would seriously impact their sexual preferences. And you could ask, well, does anybody still follow this guy even after it was revealed that he did some horrific experiments on children? And then I came across this. On the website for the University of Central Florida, um, what is gender identity and other questions you may have, this resource created with the UCF faculty and staff expertise in honor of Pride Month is the second in a three-part series about sexuality and LGBTQ plus history, allyship, and gender identity. And it says here that gender identity as a concept was popularized by John Money in the 1960s. He founded the Gender Identity Clinic at John Hopkins University and formulated, defined, and coined the term gender role and later expanded it to gender identity slash role. We'll get into more of this in my next video. And thank you guys for tuning in today. Please share this video. This information might actually be one of the most, um, it's just the most important thing I've done on YouTube. Um, so I really need to get this information out there, specifically that article, because this person is still involved, you know, in creating curriculum for kids and is pushing for, you know, the curriculums to be younger and younger, you know, basically just to, to be given to younger and younger kids. So please share this video, guys. Share it far and wide. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Again, um, if you haven't watched the other episode that I did on this topic, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the cards here. And thank you guys for supporting me. I'm still looking for patrons on Patreon. You can support me on PayPal, etc., etc. If you go to hy.page-vradio, as you see in the upper left-hand corner, um, there you can find not only the ways to financially support this show if you want to, but also my different social media mediums. You can join my Discord, my Telegram, my Facebook, etc. And actually, a lot of the um, detective work that went into this episode went on in the Discord channel. So you guys can actually interact with me as I'm putting together content. Um, I really appreciate it. I don't make a ton of money from this. I'm not actually looking to do so. But if you can help, I would appreciate it. And thanks again for tuning in.